Friends, the NHL playoffs are rolling up on us in just a few weeks. Uh, really, the end of the season is in sight. And, you know, looking at the playoff matchups, which teams are going to be slugging it out in the first couple of rounds and which teams might actually have an easier go of their first round opponents. We're going to take a way too premature look at the current playoff picture and analyze the potential matchups as well as some series that are primed for upsets on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's show, I thought there were some really fun topics to discuss. Later in this show, we are going to be diving into potential NHL playoff scenarios, detailing the first round of opponents, teams that might actually be upset candidates, and uh, some series predictions for me that might be way too premature. Obviously, some of these matchups are even going to change as the standings continue to update, but... You know, just kind of talking it out and, and giving you some maybe fantasy scenarios. We'll go through the playoffs and maybe think about, you know, which teams are really destined for a deep run to the cup. Before we get to that, though, there was obviously a major meeting today between the NHL owners uh, and GMs and stuff. So this was uh, a very big deal for uh, all of the general managers to convene and kind of get a sense of what's going on. And one of the things that has emerged, aside from the LTIR cap loophole remaining a thing, is that the World Cup of Hockey is actually coming back as well. Right now, it appears February 2024 is going to be the likely targeted time frame, which does make sense. It is going to be a fun time, I think, for hockey fans. Obviously, we really love watching the last World Cup of Hockey, especially with Team North America, but... Unfortunately, you know, the NHL has opted to go away from having another Team North America kind of deal, which I feel is a, a bit of a disappointment. You know, for me, I think one of the highlights of that whole uh, scenario um, and event was actually getting to see this really cool super team of young players who were at the time either in their primes or just starting to enter their primes all joined together in an extremely explosive mega team, the likes of which we'll probably never see again. Which is a shame. I think it's actually really fun. Uh, the reality is that the NHL is trying to go back towards uh, nation versus nation, I think, because this is what they see as their Olympic replacement rather than going to the uh, the last Olympics, which they abstained from. And, you know, I do understand the decision, especially if they're trying to satisfy uh, this whole thing that the players have of representing their nations, winning a medal, and competing on an international stage. Because for a lot of those guys, especially some of the more veteran players, this past Olympics would have been their last big chance to get gold. All that said, I really feel like this is a missed opportunity to make the World Cup of Hockey even more fun. You know, as great as Olympic hockey is, and it is very cool... Having Team uh, North America just made the tournament so much more interesting. Team Europe, you had all of these really savvy veterans um, from 
international squads that wouldn't normally make the, the tournament, and yet here you had them all pieced together, and they ended up winning it all. And then on the other hand, you've got Team North America, this upstart young group of under-24 players that's just loaded to the brim with guys like Austin Matthews, Mark Shifley when he was younger, Connor McDavid, Shane Gostisbehere, Colton Pareko. You really can't make this stuff up. I mean, that team was unbelievable. But unfortunately, as we all remember, it fell just short, which, you know, honestly makes it a really compelling storyline. Here you've got the uber-mega young team, and it still doesn't quite get the job done, which opens the door for other upsets and interesting uh, teams and, and storylines to kind of emerge. And so I feel like taking out these kinds of super fun teams maybe makes the, the World Cup of Hockey a little bit too normal. I feel like this is a chance for you to really play with the structure, but again, in many ways, I do understand it. Uh, you know, it, it does make sense that the league wants to simulate the Olympics as much as humanly possible, even if it's still a pretty poor facsimile. Now, the World Cup of Hockey is still a, a decent time away, and I think the teams that are going to emerge from that uh, competition are going to be very different than some of the past few teams we've seen. Obviously, a lot of guys are significantly older, and so the rosters, in addition to just not having those super teams, uh, Canada, the U.S., Sweden, Finland, they're all going to start to get some of their superstars back into the fold. For like the Scandinavian and, and Nordic countries, it wasn't an issue last time, but you know now that it's a little bit more evenly distributed in the North American talent, maybe it makes the road to uh, winning this competition even harder, I guess, because you know you had a weaker Canada and Team USA the last time, but now those squads are going to be at full strength. Aside from the World Cup of Hockey, though, the one other thing of interest that might be something to keep an eye on going uh, forward for the next few seasons is that the salary cap is going back up, this time only by $1 million, but obviously for some teams that are super cash-strapped and, and could use a little bit more cap space for, like, maybe one extra contract or something, this is a pretty decent development. Moreover, it just suggests that the league is starting to get back into profitability and is looking to expand the cap to account for that. They're also projecting that the uh, the player incurred debt to the ownership is going to be uh, fulfilled by the 2024-2025 season, which if that happens, then you're going to see a massive salary cap increase. Uh, this could be you know, certainly good for teams like the Jets. Uh, Long-term Winnipeg is going to have quite a few free agent contracts by then, I'm sure, you know, especially some of their guys exit ELCs, thinking about players like Heinola and some of the others who, uh, you know, they're starting to enter their contract years. Perfetti, I think, has already burned his first year, so his his deal is active now. But, you know, for some of the other prospects who are probably not there yet, but might be by the time 24, 25 rolls around, they're uh, in, in a decent position to start needing contract extensions. So any extra cap space, obviously a very big win for the Jets. Now, all of this, for the most part, is in the future, but in the present, we have some very early NHL playoff potential matchups, of which I think there are some really exciting series, some which might surprise you with just how good they could be, and I wanted to dive into them in just a little bit, but before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about Built Bar and why they're the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. 
Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super-sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While I have your attention, I also highly recommend checking out our Locked On NHL podcast featuring our very special program, Locked On Now, giving you very fast, hard-hitting analysis of all of the latest NHL action from every single team across the league, all in bite-sized, digestible chunks. You can find Locked On NHL on your favorite podcasting platforms of choice and on YouTube. Subscribing is again free of charge, so do that right now and make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. Now, folks, it is almost NHL playoff time, and this is obviously very exciting for a lot of reasons. Uh, You know, the quest for the Cup is a very big thing for all of these teams, Um, and there are plenty of teams out there who are holding on to hope that they might sneak into a postseason spot. But for now, we have eight different matchups. Uh, according to the current standings, all of these are, are liable to change and probably will change uh, to some degree over the next few weeks. But starting off with the Eastern Conference as it is, the first matchup we've got is Florida versus Washington. Now, if the Panthers are what we expect them to be, this series really should not be uh, one that the Caps can survive. I think Washington is decent. But in years past, they've had really good goaltending. This Caps team is is decent and, in fact, pretty good in a number of statistical categories. But goaltending has not really been a strength for them. Um, and I'm also pretty sure that they've had some discipline issues. So this Caps team, I I think, is very good in a lot of areas. But postseason time, you really need to lean on your goaltending. And they're going up against Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, who's been brilliant in net for the Panthers behind a pretty all right defense and one of the truly best offenses in the entire league. So the Caps really would have a tough time getting through. There is like a very small chance that they could pull it off. Uh, this would probably be the biggest upset of the entire bracket just because uh, the Panthers are a clear cup favorite. I think they might even be at times, above the Avs, which is pretty crazy. Both these teams are offensive monsters. So if Washington were to pull it off, crazy. But the likelihood of them doing so, yeah, I I can't really see it. Uh, Florida has owned the season series between these teams, but it's all been decided by one goal. So again, very difficult to call, but I think it's pretty fair to say that the Panthers certainly have the edge as it is right now. The next series we've got is Tampa Bay versus Toronto. This one is kind of a coin flip. It would really depend on whether or not Toronto actually gets saves. This has kind of been a major issue this year. Um, The Maple Leafs just don't have goaltending that they can really rely on. Maybe recently they've found somebody. I don't know. But the last I saw, uh, you know, Jack Campbell was really struggling. Peter Maratzik, I think, got waived. They really just don't have anyone in net that's been consistently strong. So, yeah. Against Tampa Bay, which has one of the most potent offenses, even if it's in a bit of a slump right now, you do not want to uh, have Toronto's current goaltending matching up against that. 
I think unless the, the Maple Leafs get a few extra saves or manage to find a goalie from somewhere in their system that can really do the job, they are in for a bit of a nightmare second series. I know the season series is currently split, uh, and they'll actually play a few more games in April, but yeah, I would expect uh, Tampa Bay to probably win this one maybe in like seven games. I think it could go to the wire, but again, it really does depend on Toronto's goaltending. I think that remains kind of like the Caps, one of the biggest questions with the team. Uh, And because it's such a pivotal position, it really can sink all of your playoff hopes right there. The third Eastern Conference matchup is one that is very intriguing. Um, You've got Carolina versus Boston, and this year Carolina has basically just torn Boston apart. I don't know if that's really indicative of what will happen in the postseason, but, you know, bear in mind, Carolina has thrashed the Bruins over the past couple of months, and it's recent enough where you would probably expect that any changes the Bruins could make internally probably won't be enough to contain the Canes. I think, you know, Carolina really is a sleeping giant in this league, which is kind of funny because uh, the past couple of years, they've been very prominent at the forefront of what people consider to be very smart hockey. This team is built for victory and, you know, they're tied right now in points with the Florida Panthers. They have one of the strongest, most balanced rosters out there. They've got great goaltending from uh, Freddie Anderson behind a very strong defense. This team is, again, built to be a cup favorite. I don't know if they're quite as offensively prolific as the the, uh, the Panthers are, but they're still very strong. And what they maybe uh, lack in elite goal scoring, they certainly make up with one of the strongest defensive units in the entire league. I would be hard-pressed to see a scenario here where there is an upset. I just don't think the Bruins have quite enough left in the tank. The last series in the East is currently the Rangers versus the Penguins, and this could be one of the most entertaining series of the entire postseason. Uh, This uh, is a really, really, really hard series to call because the Rangers kind of go as Georgiev does, and if Georgiev and Kreider are both cranking numbers in the postseason, this team is going to be super, super difficult to deal with. Now, all that said, I think the Penguins... Uh, for me, still remain one of the top offensive forces in the Eastern Conference. I, I don't think that they're on the level of a Florida Panthers, but, you know, with Sullivan still in charge and just how strong and consistent the Pens tend to be, I really have a hard time betting against them. But Georgiev has been on such another level that, you know, maybe the Pens are actually the underdog. I don't know. It seems crazy to say that, but, you know, with Georgiev putting up the numbers he has this year, the Pens basically have to be perfect. What it may come down to is the power play. If the Pens can get a bunch of power plays and put Georgiev off balance, that might be enough to tip the series because uh, from what I hear, the Rangers don't really draw a ton of penalties. So if you can uh, put them in a situation in which they are frequently shorthanded, maybe things can work out. Still, though, I I do think that uh, this series is a coin flip. It's been pretty even for the most part um, in the season series. Only one exception where... Uh, the, the Rangers ended up blowing out Pittsburgh 5-1, to one, and then Rangers ended up winning again 3-2 to two just a couple of days later. But still, you know, with how the Pens are, you really don't want to rely on a couple of regular season games to determine their form. That there is the current Eastern Conference picture. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of room for change. Generally speaking, it seems like teams have settled into their playoff spots for the most part. Where that starts to change is in the Western Conference, which we're going to take a look at in just a moment. 
Hello friends, we are wrapping up tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets with some thoughts on the Western Conference current playoff matchups. Again, a bit premature, but likely to uh, not have too, too many alterations. I think the West, though, is definitely a little more volatile than the East. The current first matchup that we've got is Calgary versus St. Louis. Uh, this should be Calgary's uh, really coming out party, I guess. This has been a major season for them. Defensively, the Flames just will not give you an inch. And with Markstrom in net, this team has an incredibly shutdown ability on top of a pretty well-balanced offense. They don't have quite the offensive punch of a team like Colorado or Florida on the face of it, but they've made do. Uh, they continue to rack up pretty decent numbers, but their defense and goaltending combo is just darn near unbeatable. This is a team that is designed to suffocate you and win. And so the Blues... Yeah, they're not really going to make it out of the series. I would be shocked if the Blues are able to get through this. I know that St. Louis has some really potent firepower, um, and in their last meeting they did actually beat Calgary by a pretty decent margin, but look, this Flames team, seven-game series, I simply can't count them out. I think that they're a fantastic team. I think that they're a super under-the-radar team, and it's really hard to envision them slipping against the Blues, who, despite their quality, are definitely on the wrong side of their primes. And uh, at this point, you know, St. Louis probably trying to capture a little bit more cut magic with this current core while they still can. The next series is going to be uh, the Kings versus the Oilers. I actually think the Kings are going to be the ones to emerge victorious. LA has quietly been very decent this year. Not like outstanding, but well-balanced. Uh, their offense is capable of creating decent chances, if nothing amazing. They've got decent goaltending, a decent defense, just a really okay-ish team. You know, not one that's outstanding by any stretch, but maybe a little bit more balanced than the Oilers. Edmonton, under the new coaching staff, though, uh, the interim management maybe has an opportunity to get Connor McDavid through with some really good offensive support. I don't know how this is going to pan out. This is another series that, quite frankly, could go either way. Uh, and there's honestly a, a lot of decent arguments for either team. I I think for me, LA, I still would probably have a head. But, you know, it's going to be a coin flip. That's kind of what it comes down to. Up next, we've got Colorado versus Dallas. And I don't really think I need to say a lot here. Colorado should probably get through uh, the Stars without much trouble. I know that the Stars have beaten them over the past couple of uh, past couple of games, but you know this Avs team in the current form that they're in, and with the sort of firepower that they have at their disposal, I just don't think the Stars can really keep up with them in a seven-game series. Now, the Stars are actually a legit, really decent team, uh, much better than either the Kings or the Oilers. I think the Stars are just playing good, and so for me to say that I still think Colorado gets through them in maybe five to six games, I, I think it just speaks to the quality of the Avs and how hard it is to get by this Colorado squad. The final series that maybe has uh, another coin flip sort of feel to it is Nashville versus Minnesota. I know that Nashville uh, is... Maybe not the strongest team this year, but I don't know. This is a weird series because the Wild, on paper, are the much better team. But, you know, Minnesota has had issues with occasionally, you know, being consistent. And I think the past couple of weeks for them, a little bit up and down. Still a really strong overall record. Uh, still very offensively prolific. Still got a great defense. Dean Evison has done a great job of balancing many of their needs. And with Flurry and Net now, maybe they finally have a legit number one starting goaltender. 
the Preds, you know, with Saros in net and certainly um, Philip Forsberg for as long as they have him. This is a, a pretty well-balanced team. I don't know about their depth, though. That's kind of one question I have. As good as, like, the top six is and, you know, Roman Yossi is, if you start moving down the pairings and lines, do the Preds have enough to match up in a very physical, grindy four-checking series with the Wild, who, quite frankly, have a pretty well-balanced top nine? So, remains to be seen. Uh, Nashville has handily owned the season series as recently as a couple of weeks ago, but they've only played twice so far, so... We'll see what happens in the last couple of games. Maybe it'll give us a teaser of what could come if if things kind of hold as they are. You know, the Jets, Vegas, Vancouver, all these teams are trying to chase one of these last few playoff spots, so maybe something changes again. But if this holds, I think this gives you um, a pretty decent playoff picture. I don't know how much movement we're going to see over the next few weeks. I hope it's a lot because it'd be really cool to revisit this and see what happens as we are just a few days out from the actual playoffs themselves. But if you have any serious predictions or you think I've uh, maybe gone completely off the rails with my analysis, be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!